0: Being autistic or having an autistic family member has its own set of challenges. The world is not built for autistic people. They often have to struggle to conform to a set of norms that don't really make a lot of sense to them. As they enter adulthood, sometimes it's difficult to support themselves. This is particularly true for those with severe nonverbal autism. If everyday life is a struggle, it may be easy to overlook the natural talents of these people. But you can be sure that they're there. Today, we're talking to two people One is an autism researcher, and he himself has autism. The other is a father of a child with nonverbal autism. We'll talk about how he found his son's hidden talent. This is Spark Dialogue Podcasts. You can find us at sparkdialogue.com, on Facebook and Twitter, or wherever you find your podcasts. Spark Dialogue tells the stories of science and technology, and how they relate to society, culture, art, philosophy, ethics, and history. I'm your host... Elizabeth Fernandez.
1: Hello, my name is Colin Weiss. I am a research assistant at the Autism and Neurodevelopmental Disorders Institute at George Washington University, and I'm myself on the spectrum. Colin's
0: parents were able to identify the signs of autism very early. There wasn't a period of time in Colin's life where he didn't know that he had autism and this early diagnosis may have significantly helped him adjust to life in the neurotypical world.
1: I've known about my diagnosis from uh, almost as far back as I can remember. I do, however, have reason to believe that the early interventions that my parents made gave me a significant in- to bil- increase in my ability to socialize and function on my own as I do now. That said, I sometimes wonder if perhaps I simply have a milder form of the disorder some of the things just feel like it's more difficult to really connect with people or, or sustain a conversation for prolonged periods of time without having my mind wander or just feeling like it's not really clicking, so to speak. It's very difficult to put into words.
0: As a researcher, his motivation to learn about autism is clear. He wanted to understand more of how his own brain works and help others with autism, both in diagnosis and to develop strategies to help others with autism. He also wants to help people with autism at all ages.
1: To try and figure out how it is that my own mind I can work so differently from everyone else's and why, as well as for intellectual curiosity and also for autism and aging. And that's a major issue that majority of autism research, which is geared towards children, infants, and toddlers, most likely in to help, help with the early intervention. While this is useful, and I have benefited from it, it overlooks the fact that there are a significantly growing number of autistic adults, and that very little is known about how, it, how the disorder influences his later developments, especially old age, and how age and aging-related changes to the brain. And perhaps in the future, help inform policy to ensure that the support systems people like me need will be there long after the point, long after, say, their parents are no longer able to take care of them, for example.
0: One of the areas of research that Colin is involved in is how children, with and without autism, act differently. Some of these differences can be seen in the toddler stage or even as infants. For example, children with autism respond differently than a neurotypical child would to various stimuli. Let's say that a child hears a loud noise, like a phone ring or a
1: lawnmower. The general theory is that people on the spectrum don't get used to such stimuli so quickly. So, for example, consider a loud noise. The first time it's played, you're obviously going to be startled, but if it happens several times in succession, and you'll eventually get used to it, so to speak. It's suspected, but not confirmed, that people on the spectrum like myself don't get used to it.
0: Another hallmark of autism that Collins Group studies is whether or not a child is a picky eater. Now most toddlers are picky eaters, but with children with autism, it might manifest itself in a slightly different way.
1: Many of us are creatures of habit and our sensitivity I mentioned does extend to taste, as well as things like texture and feel. And I know some Though some people don't or will refuse to eat foods they normally like, like simply because they are touching each other on the plate. I believe it's mostly seen in children, but at least in my own case, it has extended to adulthood. I have managed to mitigate it somewhat, but I doubt that doubt that it can be outright eliminated from my life entirely.
0: Looking for signs of being a picky eater in autistic children is important. If they can identify its cause and motivation early, it may help prevent other problems later on in life.
1: Well, obviously, obesity is the one that's most closely linked to because a lot of the foods that people especially prefer happen to be of the junk variety, although in some cases they may also be at risk of undereating. I'm not sure if I could call it anorexia precisely because... It's not always a fixation with thinness, just that their diets are so highly specific that that they're at risk of malnutrition.
0: What is it like to be an adult with autism? For each person, their own path is very different.
1: From personal experience, very little about autism is typical at all. And essentially, uh, in each person's pathways will likely be entirely different from um, everyone else's. I've heard that even in cases where the two people are identical twins, they can manifest the disorder in entirely different ways, despite having but should be identical genomes. There's so many things going on, so many genes interacting with each other that, or that it's practically impossible to predict how it, can, how it can develop. But for Colin,
0: he's learned certain strategies that can help him in everyday life.
1: I think in my case, it's more like I, I became better able to cope with them or, or form strategies that allowed me to, me to effectively pass for normal, so to speak fairly simple ones like just keeping a checklist for myself to make sure that I go through a typical morning hygiene routine that most other people would do more or less automatically. Another one might be, say, to have alarms in my phone as a reminder, things like when I should go to, to a certain place since I'm not too good at estimating the amount of time I need to
2: travel from one area to the next. Hi, I'm Harish Bikmal. I'm the founder of uh, Zeneviv, a social enterprise for people on the spectrum.
0: Harish also has his own story when it comes to autism. Harish and his wife noticed the signs of autism in their second son, Hamal. Hamal's story, however, is very different than Colin's. He has a version of severe nonverbal autism.
2: So my son is currently 17 and his name is Himal. And he was diagnosed with uh, severe nonverbal autism. And he was so he, the doctors and the psychologists told us that he is so severe he may never speak and may have to be in, in an institution by five. And he was diagnosed at two. So, and he also has significant immune and gut issues. Fortunately, he has overcome some of those issues. Uh, but you know, he's still, although he's 17 today. You know, from a developmental age equivalent, he's like a six-year-old.
0: Luckily for him, he had a very supporting family,
2: one that was able to keep him at home and educate him in his own way. He has never been into an institution, and uh, we have actually homeschooled him all along. And he goes to, even now, he goes to a high school for a couple of hours a day, and then he's homeschooled the rest of the day. In fact, after his diagnosis, very soon my wife went back to school and became a board-certified behavior analyst herself, so that she could homeschool him using the behavioral therapies.
0: Hamal's parents were determined to give him as full of a life as possible. And like all parents of children, Harish and his wife wanted to develop Himal's own interests and unique talents. But And I'm sure many parents can agree here whether or not their child is autistic. Finding the right fit for activities to engage their son was a bit challenging.
2: As he started growing up, you know, we tried different things with him. Uh, We tried basketball. He would shoot more than nine out of 10, but he would never understand the rules, right? I mean, he would like to have the ball all the time for himself. And uh, he tried swimming. He didn't understand how to keep his head above water so so that he can breathe. And, you know, we even tried frisbee. Uh, So eventually, you know, we were like at our wit's end as to what can we teach him.
0: Then one day, when Hamal was 10, this all changed. You could call it a hidden talent or a natural hobby. Whatever it was, it was the right fit. The fit that young Hamal could become passionate about.
2: One day, as my wife was painting and she does it for a hobby, she dropped her brush, and he picked it up and started dabbing on the canvas instead of putting it on the table or in, a, you know, on the palette box. With that hi, huh, maybe he's interested. Harish and his wife pursued this; they arranged
0: education in the arts for their son to learn as much as possible.
2: And uh, we found a teacher. Uh, who had a special needs child we found an art teacher who had a special needs child and uh, we went to him and asked him if he would train my son mind you at the time he couldn't even hold the fork properly to eat right so but thanks to the tutoring and constant training and shaping my son he grew into uh, you know what he is today he was about Uh, when we thought he might paint. And at the time, you know, as I mentioned, not only he couldn't hold a fork, but he wouldn't touch paint because of the sensory issues. And, you know, uh, thanks to painting, he's overcome sensory issues as well. Like many children with autism,
0: Hamal has many talents. Many of these are visual or related to mathematics.
2: Uh, Maps. You know, he goes to one place, which may be an hour drive, once and he'll remember the directions he can uh, guide us later but again this is very similar to many kids on the many people on the spectrum Uh, but with painting though we are really glad that he picked up some skills and he loves to paint landscapes using bright colors other than that he has some skills in basic math he can add things Absolutely very fast, right? Addition, subtraction, kind of those things, percentages, basic things, but extremely fast. When we go to a grocery store, sometimes it's faster than the checkout machine there. As time went on, two things
0: piled up for Harish's family. The cost of Hamal's medical treatment and his stack of paintings, sweeping landscapes, colorful birds, peaceful trees.
2: You know, as you can imagine, with the diagnosis that he had, we constantly were out worried about his future. And when we tried various things and didn't work, but accidentally found painting, he might be interested in painting. I said, you know, we tried to train and nurture his talent there. And then what happened is, over a, about a period of time, I would say about two, three years, he had about 50 paintings. At the same time, we were also... I would say running into some issues with the finances because we were really overwhelmed with his medical and therapy bills because he had lots of issues, as I mentioned earlier. And there was no insurance coverage for autism in those days in North Carolina. So we decided to hold a fundraiser when the community, we just announced it to the local community. And when people heard about it, over 100 people donated their art for his fundraiser. We were just blown away. You know, it just deeply touched our hearts. Then on the day of the fundraiser, you know, we sold over 130 paintings in six hours. A beautiful
0: idea struck. Perhaps Arish and his family could extend Hamal's love of paintings into a small business. They could continue to raise funds for their family's medical expenses, but also give Hamal a way to support himself when he grew older. Not only this, other families could benefit as well families with growing children on the verge of adulthood looking to also make an income in the real world
2: and this is where the idea of zenevie came from you know where i was inspired to really do something that will not only help my son but help people on the spectrum zenevie is a social enterprise it's a startup uh, with a goal to significantly improve uh, you know, the lives of artists with autism, and then provide them with hope for a better future. Um, in doing so, we hope to change the way the world perceives people on the autism spectrum. You know, Generally, they look at them as people with lots of challenges and struggles and deficits, but love to change it to people with unique talents and strengths.
0: Artists at Zineviv come from all sorts of backgrounds. They earn the majority of the profits from their paintings. Some are just 10 years old, starting out, while others have degrees in art and make their living as professional artists.
2: They all come in a very different way. I mean, uh, what the stories I've heard are almost each story is very unique. Uh, you know, one of our artists, in fact, ta- his talent was identified very early on. In fact, he went ahead and did an undergrad in fine arts. There is another artist where the parents thought that you know uh, the artist, their the child might be good at painting and they worked for years in cultivating and nurturing the talent. One thing that uh, we have heard after coming on board Zenevieve in the last year though is how much more their children, the artists are wanting to paint now because of the recognition they are finding from the community. The Comments we hear from parents, uh, you know, as a parent, I cannot be happier than that.
0: Harisha's mission goes beyond just providing income to the artists with autism. He also hopes that his business will help families everywhere see the unique potential in their children with autism.
2: The two things that really inspired me there. One, having seen the reception of people to this art and the support they've been, they gave. Second is talking to, you know, a couple or a year or so after that uh, fundraiser, talking to over 200 parents, what I realized was that many parents, or most parents, I should say, do not even see or identify uh, the talent in their kids or the hidden talent in their kids, right? I mean, I can see why that happens as a parent, I understand, because, you know, your daily you're addressing, trying to address actually the daily challenges and you tend to over uh, not see the potential in the child. Based on that, I realized, okay, there is this market reception and there is this hidden potential. You know, if we could inspire these parents to uh, nurture, identify the talent and nurture it, well, there is uh, some hope for their future. I mean, uh, with our son, with his paintings, and when people really appreciate it, or uh, praise him, his confidence is through the roof. I mean, from a child who wouldn't not even look at anybody, anybody's, in anybody's eyes or face. Now, if somebody praises his art, he's looking straight into their face and with a smile on his face and you know, which is priceless for us as his parents. So these are some of the things that have motivated me, uh, to start Zenovive and you know, hopefully we can uh, change many lives with that. Look, you know, one thing I always believed is what Temple Grandin said, that, you know, autism is not a deficit or anything. People with autism are not less than anyone, but they're just different. Right. And what I would recommend to the parents is have that most confidence in them, believe in them. And most importantly, look beyond the daily struggles into what might be their interests potential passion you know, potential passions because they may or may not be able to communicate and most parents will have some hunch of the other so start trying to nurture using that hunch as a starting point and you know if not one move on to the second another one and eventually you know you they will probably find uh, a talent and you know what we have seen is one in five or six of these individuals have some talent and mostly in visual arts And now there is enough research to say that one in five or six are, uh, you know, do have some, some good talent. So for these parents, don't lose hope, rather, just keep working at it, and they probably will be pleasantly surprised.
0: It isn't just about art, it's about looking at the person, looking at their uniqueness, their
2: beauty, their potential. I would like to address, you know, the common man, whoever is listening to the podcast, is when they see an individual diagnosed with autism in the future, I would definitely advise them to look under the surface, right below the surface, go beyond what is being just said, or what is being obvious, you know, and they might see something unique in each individual. And that will help in better understanding these individuals and better acceptance of these individuals. And when this unique talent is uh, identified or when they can see it and is accepted by the common man, I cannot even imagine the impact on this world.
0: It's about giving people something to be proud of. It's about each person finding their passion and telling them, you have value. You can create something amazing, something beautiful, and something that you can be proud of. Check out the art at zenevive.com. Not only are there prints, but there are also greeting cards, mugs, and tote bags. And especially for the patrons of this podcast, you'll receive a special discount code that you can use in the store. Look for that in your email or check out the Patreon page. And if you are a patron, now is the perfect time to sign up. Head over to patreon.com slash sparkdialogue, select a tier you want to join, and sign up. We'll be happy to have you as part of the community. Spark Dialogue Podcast is produced by me, Elizabeth Fernandez. You can find us at the web at sparkdialogue.com. Thanks for joining us, and see us in two weeks for another episode. Some of the background music you hear is produced by me. Others are clips from Depart by Analog by Nature, Once Tomorrow by Josh Woodward, Serenity by Jason Shaw, Phased at Pod Summit, and Glitter Blast by Kevin McLeod. More information about these songs can be found in the show notes at sparkdialog.com.